Hey, this is Lori from Hike, sharing stories that inspire us to explore, wander, and live. So an announcement. I'm looking for some on-the-trail contributors for spring and summer episodes of Hike. Basically, I'm looking for adventurers who want to share audio from their hikes, their outdoor adventures, and give listeners a window into what they experience on the trail. If you're interested in being part of Hike, connect with me on any of my social media where you'll find me at the Hike Podcast. Or of course, you can email me, hikepodcast at gmail.com. I've got so much content coming your way. For those of you that might be seeking some through hiker stories, maybe some inspiration for upcoming hikes, those are coming. I've got Wonderland Trail, Great Divide Trail, Ozark Highlands, Appalachian Trail, Continental Divide Trail, and so much more. All the things that you've come to expect from hike. Today, I'm bringing you three adventurous women living in Guam and part of a hiking organization called Military Wild. Military Wild connects members of the military community with one another and to the landscapes they call home. They believe that outdoor recreation is an incredible way to embrace the places they live in, and they're bringing people together that normally may not even have met each other in other circumstances. So take a listen to my conversation with Kaylee, Cassie, and Jeannie as they share their love of the outdoors and what it's like to live an adventure in Guam. You'll hear about adventures that seem almost out of an Indiana Jones movie. Climbing up ropes to waterfalls. Walking along beautiful ocean beaches. And even maybe trying to escape from wild dogs. So take a listen. You know, thank you for being here. Why don't we go ahead and do introductions and just get to know who everyone is and a little bit about yourself so um, we can go ahead and start however you want. Cass, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, yeah. So I was the one who contacted you, Lori. I found your uh, Instagram on Instagram through the Military Wild Instagram. And uh, so I'm Cassie. I uh, am the social media director for Military Wild. I got to Guam about a year and a half ago, and we still have another year and a half left, and my husband's in the Air Force, and he's pretty new into military, so are we, so I wasn't expecting all the new changes. Um, I started with Military Wild um, as soon as I got here, actually, and um, a little about my hiking background. I have parents who love being outside. We always grew up going to the lake. Um, we're originally from Colorado, but I grew up in Texas. We uh, started hiking in Colorado. I've done um, a lot of bouldering there, too. Um, in Texas, we'd go camping to... Um, sorry, we're at the lake. <laughs> Great Bud Lake. <laughs> and then we've done a lot of hiking in Arizona, too, in the Fort Huachuca Mountains, and in Sedona, I've done the West Fork Trail. 
We've done the Skeleton Point at the Grand Canyon, which is probably my favorite hike. And then here in Guam, we've done the Southern Mountains. We actually did that all together, which was a really fun hike. It was extremely long, though. It was like 12 and a half miles in the sun. But it was really fun to do it all together. And then there's a ton of hikes, like waterfall hikes here in Guam. So we like Lower Sigua and Tanago Falls. So you pretty much knew um, kind of coming to Guam that you wanted to, to do some hiking and meet, you know, other people who are interested, right? Oh, yeah, that was before I had moved to Guam, I had looked up like things to do. And one of the main things to do, like all you can do really here is go outside and just explore because there's so much hiking and so many beaches to see, even though it's a small island. All right. So Kaylee, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Kaylee. I'm the vice president of Military Wild, and I'm also one of the ambassadors to our Guam chapter. I am a New Englander, born and bred, so it is extremely pleasant to live somewhere where it never gets cold. So hiking when you can't feel your fingers and you can't feel your face is not always preferable. But being here has been great. I have hiked all over the country. I've hiked all over on Guam. Within the United States, I'm a big fan of Acadia National Park in Maine. Um, oh, I Right? It's just, I'll, I'll never get tired of it. The air is so crisp. And you just hike for hours and hours and hours, and then you have a bunch of cold beers and a lobster roll, and I feel like that's the pinnacle of living right there. Then I came to Guam and kind of just got right into it after a couple of months of shutting myself away in our apartment because I wasn't quite sure what to do or where to go and how to not be followed by a pack of feral wild dogs. Um, and then just met a bunch of really rad girls, and you know, it escalated from there. So we've done, like Cassie was saying, we've done a lot of killer hikes. On Guam, my partner, Sarah, is a major in the Air Force, so she's working all the time, uh, which kind of leads me to explore and adventure around. I went to school for fine art, so Guam has been perfect where I get to focus on all of these things that I love. I get to paint in my free time. I get to lead all of these incredible hikes. I get to do talks like this with my friends. I get to um, kind of just be a part of and help build this community that we've really strengthened in our time here this was our our first pcs for a lot of us um which is kind of intimidating you move eight thousand miles away for the first time in your life to a place where you don't know anybody like going to college all over again so we've been doing a great job and life's good i leave in six months to move to leavenworth kansas where (laughs) i'm not sure if i'll be leading hikes through corn mazes or you'll make it uh, work long fields but i do plan at work i'm really excited uh to be there we just got our house yesterday so it should be good and so how long had you been in guam or um i've been in guam for almost two years okay all right yeah yep all right so Jeannie. hi um i'm Jeannie. <laughs> i'm the treasurer of military wild uh i've been in guam for almost a year and been loving it so far um my husband is a submariner in the Navy, so he's not here very often. <laughs> but that leaves me a lot of time to hike and to explore and kind of go out on my own and do my own things. Um, I actually moved here without him. He was underway when I moved here, so I had about two months by myself just trying to kind of figure things out. Essie was one of the first people that I actually connected with on Instagram. She reached out to me and asked if I wanted to come hiking, and I was like, of course. So 
that's kind of how I connected with Military Wild, and I've stuck with them ever since. These girls have been like my support system, my best friends. I've been hiking my whole life, so I was really excited to start exploring outside when I got here. I've always been into hiking, hunting, fishing, camping. I grew up in Pennsylvania, kind of like a really rural part of Pennsylvania. So um, the outdoors is nothing new to me. Um, but yeah, Guam has been one of my favorite places to hike. And so do you know where you're going next? Are you going to be in Guam for a little while? We have two more years in Guam. And then I have no idea where we're going to be after that. <laughs> so it sounds like, and I mean, because that's part of the military life, you don't oh, you don't know right away where you're going to go to next. So you're just, uh, you're having to make the most of the situation. Exactly. Just kind of taking things as they come um, and just appreciating every new place we get to go to. So how did, I guess, Military Wild get started? And, you know, what was uh, behind getting it going? Um, So like I had kind of mentioned, for a lot of us, this was our first massive military move. There's something about getting to a place that's so far away and so incredibly different from anywhere else in the country. Guam is like, at times, a third world version of Hawaii. Um, it's a lot of what we're not used to, and it takes a little bit of time to kind of get out there and see what it has to offer. It's a lot of, um, on your own, basically, you know, there, things don't show up on maps here properly. So it's driving around and hoping you don't get lost somewhere. It's for hiking. It comes down to scouting and basically just grabbing a machete and bushwhacking into a bunch of sword grass that's taller than you and hoping you don't fall off a ledge somewhere. Um, and as we started kind of meeting up to do these things, Hannah had Hannah, who was our president, had gotten some of her friends together, which got some of us together. We all started meeting up every week to go on these hikes. And one thing led to another, and it seemed like there was such a need within our community for there to be a connection to not only the outdoors, but to each other. A lot of people, a lot of spouses, a lot of um, military members, they'll get stuck staying on base because they don't want to get out and explore because they're not sure where to even start. So we like to be that gateway for them to get out and see what their new duty station has to offer. Um, there's a lot of comfort in familiarity. And I think with Military Wild, we started because we wanted to be that familiarity for people when they got to Guam. So as we got bigger and bigger, um, we Hannah and Jen and Jesse Ruth, everyone had this idea to kind of put together a more official group that we decided to call Military Wild. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there in a really great way. It's taken off. We have um, nine chapters within the country. They're all over from Texas to Washington State to Maryland, Virginia, Alabama, North Carolina, New Mexico, a couple in Texas. And it's really, it's been a really great ride. I think Cassie and Jeannie, all of us will tell you, we see faces that have PCS from Guam, from our chapter here. And then we see them hiking with our ambassador in Virginia, or we see them hiking with our ambassador in Hawaii. And that's really propelled us to keep going. It's great to be able to move somewhere new and still have something to call home when you get there. And that's how we started. It just started as a group of friends that wanted to get outside. Now we are a massive outdoor community that gets all of our military members out. 
So about how many um, members do you have currently? Um, currently, based on each chapter, I don't know the full number. I know that on Guam, we have about 2,500. Wow. Um, well, within our Facebook groups, we have, we don't make paid membership mandatory within every chapter just yet, but we have 200 paid members out of those 2,500. We have um, over, I would, I don't even know what numbers, probably over 20 members in some of our newer chapters, which is saying something in the States. We realize that people have jobs and uh, schedules to stick to. We're on Guam. We're all kind of living that island life. So yeah, so it's, it's really taken off. We are always looking for ambassadors to start new chapters. We're always getting out there, finding ways to let people know about us and just trying to build as we go. So tell me a little bit about that. You know, you're saying uh, trying to get more people involved in, in, you know, more states, more chapters. Uh, to become an ambassador, do you have to have, you know, a specific tie to the military, whether you were a former military member or a partner of someone in the military or a descendant? Like, tell me a little bit about that, how that works. Um, so um, the other girls I'm sure can tell you as well. We are an only military affiliated group. So if you are a veteran, if you are a dependent, if you are active duty, um, then you can join Military Wild and you can become an ambassador. When we are looking at ambassadors, you can go on our website, militarywild.com, and there's actually an option for you to choose where you can apply to become an ambassador. We're always looking for people that have a passion for getting outside, that have a passion for their communities, that take it really seriously that there is a large portion of this country that is um, doing something that helps people protect our country and we want to be there for them. So our main basis is, you know, we want ambassadors that are going to spread that to our members and share that passion. Jeannie, you have other things to add to that? Um, yeah, we kind of just exist to provide a service to like members of our community who are providing a service for everybody else. So we all know how hard it is to go from one place to another and not know anybody. The military life can be really hard can be really thankless sometimes, especially for spouses, and especially when you're alone a lot of the time, as many of us are when our significant others are deployed or underway. So it really warms our hearts to have um, military members and their significant others and their children have a home, even when it feels like you can never actually put down roots anywhere you go. So are some of your hikes also family-friendly then, if you're trying to incorporate kind of the whole uh, military family experience do you do you try to do a mix of both yeah we do we um we do a lot of adult only hikes and a lot of family friendly hikes too so especially on guam a lot of the hikes can be really challenging some of them are a little bit risky so we do like those ones for advanced hikers we do a lot of family friendly hikes and beach walks more casual outings we do a lot of events where people who aren't members yet can come and just come hang out and meet each other, like succulent planting classes. We have a yoga event coming up, just anything that can get people together and introduce them to each other and maybe get people interested in going outside. So that's a good point you're making that if someone is maybe a new hiker or kind of hesitant of, of doing an advanced hike, you also are trying to encourage just outdoor activity in general, right? Yeah, we don't want people to feel like if, that because they haven't hiked mile-long trails that they can't come join us 
like Jeannie was saying, we purposely try to hold a hike where everybody feels comfortable, which sometimes gets hard. You can't always accommodate every single person, but we will do hikes that are friendly towards um, women that are carrying their babies on them, which is so incredibly challenging. Um, on certain terrains, we do hikes that are built for bigger kids. We do, like Jeannie was saying, we do a ton of events. So maybe someone hasn't worked up the courage to join us for a hike, but they can come out and um, we have a class actually this Friday. People are gonna join us for sunset yoga um, that we have a fellow spouse who's a member. She's going to lead the class and then they'll get a glass of champagne at sunset. So we just try to create different varieties of events for people to not only get outside, but to start to get to know each other. That way they might meet somebody at an event that says, hey, I'm going on this hike, do you wanna come? And now that they know someone, they're going to come out and join us for this hike and they're no longer intimidated by the idea of joining a large group. Um, so we try to accommodate as many people as we can. And you talked about membership isn't always required in some of the chapters, but tell me a little bit about the benefits of being a member and how that supports the, you know, the bigger uh, initiatives that you have. So um, hiking and getting outside is always first and foremost as far as an initiative is, is um, concerned. However, community is a very close second. So when you become a member with Military Wild, you pay $10 a year and you will get right off the bat, we'll send you a Military Wild patch, a Military Wild sticker. You get access to our website, which will have different blog posts where we review different gear that we've used. You'll get to create your own uh, user page within our website to be able to share a little bit about yourself with other Military Wild members. And then on top of that, Guam, uh, currently you also get community perks. So you get discounts at different small local businesses on Guam using your patch. Um, and that's our way of incorporating our community into our chapters as well. So we don't want people to just get out and hike. We want people to hike with us, but we also want them to go out and support their community. So when you become a member, you'll get those discounts as well. Um, and like we were saying, it's not mandatory right now. We realize that we're still a new organization that's learning and growing. So Guam is the only chapter we have where to hike with us membership is mandatory. And then as we grow, other chapters will follow suit. You know, you had mentioned earlier about how hiking is a great way and just being outdoors and the sense of, you know, you know, meeting new people and, and it can be lonely when you're brand new to a place and you, you know, um, like in the case of, I think, Jeannie, you came and your spouse was on a submarine for a couple of months, right? Yes. So I know there's a lot of different stress stressors involved, and I know hiking and getting outdoors is a great way to manage that stress. So I guess tell me a little bit about how all of you kind of take your own personal approach to managing stress, helping you know, others who are going through stressful situations, which can be a little more unique when you're in the military. Military moves are definitely some of the most stressful things you can do. <laughs> it's called a PCS, a permanent change of station. And coming to Guam is probably one of the hardest PCSs, especially for all of us, it was our first. So it was pretty much uncharted territory. I was going to a place that I had no idea what it was like. It's even kind of hard to research Guam and figure out 
like what there is to do here. Um, there's just not that much information out there. So coming here, especially with my husband going underway, was definitely really stressful. I had to move in all of our stuff by, by myself. I had to, when I got here, my car was completely dead. I just had all these, you know, everything that can go wrong will go wrong, especially on a PCS. So for me, getting outside was like a lifesaver. Um, it made me feel like I wasn't in this foreign place anymore. It made me feel like I was connected to the land and to the people. And once you start to get out and kind of learn the geography of where you live, you, it feels like home. Whenever you just stay in one spot or you stay in your apartment or you stay on base, it can really be isolating, I think. So hiking for me made this place a home when before it wasn't. And then I think for us too, right? I mean, stressors just come from like Jeannie was saying the unknown so I think for the three of us and not just for the three of us but for everybody that runs military wild I think what keeps us from being stressed is being there for our members as much as we can um I know we had a member that recently lost somebody that was really important to her it happened the last couple of days and I reached out and I just said hey we have a hike on Saturday I know you're hurting right now but I'm thinking of you and if you want to come out and just get outside, take a deep breath and take a little bit of a break from maybe everything that you're going through right now. I just wanted to let you know that we're here for you. And even that, you know, she had said was such a game changer for her to realize that she had an entire community of people that had her back. And I think that's something that we all take really seriously, that hiking is the number one gateway for us to get people to be happier and within our organization to take more pride in being in military wild, but also just to be there for, for each other. That relieves stress in itself is just knowing that you're not alone. I think also getting outside um, helps everyone kind of adjust to their new environment here because Guam is just so different from anything any of us have probably ever experienced. And even for like new hikers, having people like us trail leads, makes them a little more confident in going outside and making and um, safety is a big concern for us too. So having us there makes people more confident in joining or even hiking for the first time at a new place. So you were talking about how it can be pretty rugged and wild itself in, in Guam and, and the different types of, you know, different, um, even bushwhacking and oh, um, yeah. that it's a whole uh, unique experience. So tell me about the hikes themselves. How many people are normally going along to one of the hikes that you're leading? Typically, we try to keep our numbers somewhat manageable just out of pure safety reasons. Uh, But we'll usually have about 20 to 25 people that join us on our hikes. It depends, of course, on the level of difficulty. Guam is really incredible because every hike feels different. (laughs) Every hike has complete... You might see a waterfall, but it might not be the same path to get to that waterfall as another one. We have done hikes where we've walked through rivers for miles before getting to where we're supposed to be getting. So you're climbing over massive stalks of bamboo. You're hoping that what just brushed against your leg isn't an eel, but it probably is. And I'm like usually clinging to Jeannie crying because something touched me under the water. (laughs) And Cassie is in shorts, so something has like touched her leg and she's holding on to me. But we have, it's really incredible. We recently, for New Year's Day, started the year off with a hike on Guam, probably what is considered the hardest hike. Uh, 
it's called SETI 7. So it's a set of seven vertical waterfalls that you climb up via rope. And it's as challenging as it sounds. um, But I think for us, a challenge that adds that is just leading people safely to make sure that we all get from point A to point B in one piece. Guam is definitely nothing like the States where, you know, like all three of us have gone home in the past year for a little bit of a break. And we've all done a hike in the States and there are water fountains on trail. There are signs that tell you where you are. There are signs that tell you how far until you get to your car. And here you might do a trail one week. And then three weeks later, when we go to lead it again, we tell our members exactly what to be prepared for. And then we get there and it's completely different. The sword grass has grown far above our heads, even though it wasn't even there last time or (laughs) during dry season on Guam, a hundred percent of the fires that start here are man-made. So there is a massive burning season here that happens that is a really unfortunate thing for anybody that likes getting outside, but some of our trails will be burned to a crisp and then ropes that were put out to help us are burnt and missing. So it's just Guam, the terrain here just keeps you on your toes. So I think for us, how do you have a large group of people who might not have the same experience, the same hiking abilities? How do you get them all safely from point A to point B and still have a great time? And I think we've really accomplished that here. Do you feel like the experiences you've had um, leading the hikes and being part of this group, um, have they carried over to build your confidence in other ways? And, and what has that contributed to, I guess, your personal lives? Oh, yeah. All of us have, like, you know, managed to kind of rise to the top. And I wouldn't have told you that I could probably lift somebody up a rope (laughs) while I, too, was holding onto the rope. And then you kind of, you start doing these really technically challenging hikes. You know, Cassie, I've seen Cassie squeeze through holes in caves that I'm not even sure my leg could go through. And (laughs) I've seen, like, Jeannie is the fastest hike, like, I am older than both Jeannie and Cassie, so I don't mind telling you that I like to kind of hang back a little bit with the other slower members. Jeannie (laughs) and Cassie are ultimate speed hikers. And I mean, they can tell you too. I like to think that all of these hikes that we take, we do every week. I mean, we are getting out there and putting so many miles in every week. Hikes that in the beginning seemed impossible or seemed too scary. All of us breeze through now. Would you say the same, Cass? Yeah, definitely. Um, I also, like, joining Military Wild, I, before this, I never really saw myself, like, as a leader. I kind of saw myself more as a follower. And now I'm an, I'm a leader, and I'm um, leading through new places that people have never been through before. And a lot of times they're just, like, in awe, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've never done anything like this in my life. And it's just really cool to, like, be there and get to experience these new experiences for all these people. Um, it's been really fun. And so a couple questions too, based on what you were saying, you know, you talked about some of the family hikes and things like that, but from a, just an age kind of perspective, do you have the whole gamut of people who are younger, older, more established in their, you know, military life? Um, so we have people here who are like brand new to the military who have just had babies and They've never hiked before, and they'll buy an Osprey pack or something, throw their baby in there, and come hiking with us. And we have people who have never hiked before. We also have, like, veterans who decided to retire in Guam who 
Yes, Love our it. platinum members. Yeah, our platinum <laughs> members. They're in uh, their 60s. Yeah, they'll come out hiking with us, and they'll breeze through these hikes, and it's really cool for them because um, all these people that come here who are obviously not veterans, they come and go. So I think it's hard for the veterans that are here to meet people and make friends with them. So it's been really cool for them to like come hiking with us and then make new friends for to replace the ones that have left already because people are only here for two to four years max and then they're here for the rest of their lives probably yeah and we're re- we're so lucky I feel like our group is so diverse we have different branches of the military we have spouses we have people like myself who aren't married yet and so we're just in a relationship we have people that bring their kids we have people without kids we have people in their 20s people in their 60s so I feel like we've been really lucky with so much diversity I know you talked about events like doing some things about you know beach walks and yoga and different things Mm -hmm. but are you doing mostly just day events or are there some overnight experiences that you've ventured into nothing overnight yet um as far we have a couple of Airbnb trips that are being planned within the stateside chapters, hopefully for the next year. Um, but we do Jeannie's leading a sunrise hike on Friday. That's always really fun. We also do sunset hikes. We've been talking about doing a couple of camping trips this year on some of the Guam beaches. Um, Jeannie, Jeannie works at an outdoor shop. And Jeannie, you can tell her we ran into those boys that were going to camp out at Cella Bay. And we were like, wait, why aren't we camping out at Cella Bay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're trying to plan a bunch of fun things coming up. We're just, I think for us, our main thing is to take it slow, establish ourselves. We want people to trust us and to see that we come from outdoor backgrounds where we take safety seriously. We take skills seriously, technical hikes and, and more. And then once we feel that the community is really comfortable with that, then we'll start saying, hey, come sleep over with us and come come away with us. Get on a plane with us. What has been your favorite hike that you've been on down in Guam? Cass, you want to tell her? Um, I think my favorite hike is probably 77. Like Kaylee was saying, it's the seven waterfalls that lead up to the top of the mountain. I think... Doing it for sunset is probably one of my favorite times because you climb all these waterfalls and then you get to the top by sunset and there's like this, it's basically like an infinity pool where all the water has pulled and we've taken like some really awesome pictures. Kaylee likes to call us the hiking, is it the hiking group that takes pictures or, we're or a the photo picture group. taking we're groups a, that yeah. hikes? Yeah. We're a photo group that hikes. <laughs> I can relate so, to that. Yeah. Um, I think that was my favorite. That there's no picture of it. Yeah, exactly. So, and then Lower Seagua Falls is also another one of my favorites. It's about five miles round trip. Um, and you climb down these ropes that are basically wrapped around palm trees down to this watering hole with a massive waterfall that gets crazy during our wet season. Jeannie, I don't even know the answer to yours. What's your favorite hike? Yeah. I was also going to say Lower Sigua um, because it's just really unique. You start on these Jeep trails and you pass these old tanks that have been there since World War II. 
And Guam is really interesting because it has a lot of those old artifacts and you can just run into them in the jungle. Like I've been in the middle of the jungle, not even on a trail and found like old canteens or scrap metal. It's just, it's really interesting. You never know what you're going to find. But yeah, Lower Sigua, you pass these Sherman tanks and then you go down these ropes to this like little oasis and it's, you can swim in crystal clear water and jump off the waterfall. I would say that's one of my top, one of my top three. Um, I don't know what my favorite, well, I, I think San Carlos is my favorite. We did San Carlos the other day and you basically hike a couple of miles in this exposed dirt path, um, that overlooks massive valleys and mountains. So it's super picturesque. And then you get to a rope that drops down into, I don't know, guys, what would you call it? A gully? Like you drop into the river, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you just climb this rope down, and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by palm trees, and you just walk down this river until you come to the first massive waterfall. I don't ever let anybody get too close, because that's my biggest fear. <laughs> Everyone calls me the mom trail. I get yelled at all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you overlook a waterfall. Then you do this steep climb up and down to get to the bottom, and you get to swim and play there for a little bit walk further down the river, and then you come to this swim hole that's probably one of my favorite places on island. The water is crystal clear. It's filled with fish, and you just get to cool off, and it kind of prepares you for that three-mile trek back in the sun. You know, you're, like, soaking your backpack and your hat, and you're, like, filling water balls that pour all over yourself on the way back. And I love any hike, too, that ends where you're, like, filthy, covered in mud, you're tired. You, like, want to go eat a ton of food and have a beer. Um, and that, too, I love it so much because everybody that does it, even though they might struggle a little bit, come out of it in awe of themselves for having done that and even knowing that it exists. And so that's been really incredible. It sounds, I mean, Guam sounds so beautiful. but also it sounds uh, very much like anyone who really, you know, wants that Indiana Jones adventure. Yes, yeah. if you want to look up in a cave and see a huntsman tarantula size your head, then yes, it's a great place. <laughs> it is super Indiana Jones. That's a really great way of putting it. We There's like a massive snake population on Guam. We have yet to see any that are alive, but we do see monitor lizards that are... Jeannie, you told me they're in the family of Komodo dragons. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Komodo dragons are monitors. <laughs> so how big are they, though? Aren't those the the really big dragons that they're pretty we saw you saw one cassie right that was on a tree that was like it was not yeah they (laughs) probably get to like three or four feet and they're really chunky i don't know what they're eating but they're getting (laughs) maybe they're eating (laughs) the snakes (laughs) that you haven't seen let's hope Yeah. (laughs) yeah we have huntsman spiders that are like massive tarantulas those are our least favorite um, we ran into hogs, like massive hogs. On yes, super big hogs mm-hmm. and boars. And then carabao, which are not what we call caribou in the States. Carabao are like water buffaloes. Water buffaloes. So there's definitely a different uh, index of what you might run into on a trail here. So, and you were mentioning too about wild dogs too, right? Oh, yeah. So we actually, mm-hmm. all three of us, I think, can tell this story, or maybe Jeannie and I. But there's a hike here that we recently went on uh, called Anau Cove. And it's basically a mile long hike down full of switchbacks. And then you walk along these super sharp limestone 
coral that follows the um, coast. So you can't go swimming in that part of the ocean. It's unbelievably dangerous. But you do this hike to walk along it. And all of us were, you know, just kind of like taking a breather, having some snacks, climbing around. And out of nowhere, this massive like 10 point buck just starts booking it past us. And all everyone's like, oh, look at the cute deer. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, like six feral, salivating, insane. They're called boonie dogs here. Um, insane boonies are chasing after this thing. Like we are on an episode of National Geographic. And everyone's like, oh, that's so cute. And then I'm like, everyone should turn around right now and just like look at the water because you're going to see something you don't want to see. Um, and then a couple minutes later, to that deer's credit, that thing bolted right back past us and just went into the woods. Um, so, yeah, so dogs here is a massive situation. A lot of them are just sweet little faces, desperate for anybody to pay attention to them. And then there is the uh, smaller population that will chase you down. So do you, I mean, I know thinking of here in the States and when you're in bear country of bear spray, I mean, is there anything that you guys bring with you for protection? All of us bring knives. Okay. So you have just <laughs> some in case. <laughs> Jeannie but has like an antler most knife. Of, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I have a big buck knife, but most of the time I use it to like cut plants that I want to bring home. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really you can bring that's going to help you against any of those specific things. We are big advocates for spider sticks. So whoever's <laughs> leading has a spider stick so you don't take one to the face. But as far as anything else, I mean, the typical rule that we try to share is like, you just don't ever want to go bother approach, even like, address anything that you're not sure of even carabao that are these like big smelly buffalo type animals that are like usually tied up. They're most of the time they're pretty harmless. We've like walked past them and they just like to lick your shoes for the salt. But in the rare cases, like they tend to charge. Same thing with deer, same thing with the pigs. So we just always say, like, just look with your eyes and that's it. You know, don't go up to a pig, don't go up to monitor lizards. Just kind of keep your hands to yourself. And so far, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx our group, but no, <laughs> no, no massive attacks. And you recommend hiking together right oh my god we are like super safety guam unfortunately has a lot of uh outdoor deaths happen that we that obviously haven't haven't happened within our group but a lot of them seem like incidents that could have been helped so we try to preach as much safety as possible when it comes to our hikes but we if you go in the water if you are Hiking, we don't want you alone. Always bring a buddy. Hikes here are not like the states where they're heavily heavily populated. So you're not going to go on a hike and run into a bunch of people. There's just so many variables that can happen. I mean, it's just (laughs) unlike any other place you could possibly be. And like Kaylee was saying earlier, um, you can go on a hike one week and then three weeks later, it looks completely different. So there's been a lot of instances here, not with us, of course, but with um, other people just going out on their own and they get turned around and then they have to have search and rescue come find them later on. Yeah. Or they'll go hiking with not enough water. They're not prepared for how many miles are involved. The right. sun here is a, I lived in Austin, Texas for a long time. The sun here is pretty similar to that where it's just, uh, it's just relentless. It'll just beat down on you. So, uh, yeah, we try to don't ever hike alone. Good advice. So for 2020, and for the rest, you know, of this year, 
What are some of, you know, the goals that you have for Military Wild? I mean, I think our goals are to just continue to grow in numbers, of course. We want to get the word out about Military Wild as much as we can in order to give people the opportunity to join us. We are, like we had mentioned before, we're talking about doing some Military Wild trips, overnights, camping trips, things like that. Um, I think when all of us are back in the States, it might be a little more manageable. Right now we're on four different time zones when we have our board meetings. So that'll get a little bit easier to do. We're also in the process, probably almost finished with becoming a nonprofit. So I think that was our ultimate goal was was being able to do that. Yeah. Like Kaylee said, just growing. Yep. We have all of our paperwork in. So we're a pending 501c3 nonprofit. And then we also have our trademark pending. So that was like our big goal. And so once that's finished, then we'll feel even more like adults than we are now. And whether people are in the military or not, what are some ways that they can support your efforts? The best way probably, uh, we have a website called Military Wild. It's just militarywild.com. Um, if you go on there, there's a way to donate um, to our cause. All of our funds go straight back into our events and our members, um, our patches and stickers and different things that like maintaining the website. We don't get anything from it. We're complete volunteers. So if you go on our website, you can donate there and just getting the word out in general. We try to partner with a lot of community members and local businesses. So if anybody would want to partner with us, reaching out to us is the best way. Yeah, like if REI or Merrill wants to get out there and it's like, <laughs> like we'd be super happy. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tag them in this and... <laughs> we can just try okay we'll try probably, like, military wild, please stop tagging us in literally everything <laughs> they have noticed us on a few occasions though they've liked our posts <laughs> they have uh, we're dreamers yeah but but i think um especially with those community perks it's kind of military wild helping it's like us helping you help us so i think those perks are very important Um, within communities outside of the military as well. So we know you have the website, but what about the rest of social media? What are are some accounts we need to follow? So our Instagram is Military Wild. We are also on Facebook. We have our actual Military Wild Facebook page, and then we have individual chapter pages. So we've got like Military Wild Texas, Military Wild Guam, Military Wild Virginia, is it Virginia just by itself? Yes, Virginia. And then they can always, of course, message the Military Wild page and ask us if there's a chapter in their area that we can always put them in contact. With yeah, because they're, they're usually specific to the regions. So, yeah, I think connecting with us through social media is the best way. We also have an email. I believe it's militarywild at militarywild.com. All right. Well, I'll be sure to put links in the show notes for people to connect with you and to learn more and uh, definitely follow along on the adventures that you're having in Guam and then you know through the rest of the U.S. as uh, as the chapters grow within all of the regions. Yeah no we're super excited I think we've got big things in store for 2020. Um, It's just a matter of getting the word out telling everybody that we're here for them that we support those that support our country and that All we want to do is get outside and have adventures. 
Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with me and to share more about Military Wild and all of the amazing hikes that you've been on and and the different experiences that you're putting together to bring uh, military families together and to really promote that fellowship and support in the outdoors. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. Thanks again for listening today. Check the show notes to connect with Military Wild and also to find ways to connect with me. Don't forget, if you have not left me a review yet, please go out and do so. I really depend on you, the listeners, giving me reviews so that it can help other people find the show. Other ways that you can help me out is by sharing um, a comment on social media, sharing this episode to your friends and family, and just by letting me know what you liked about it. So until next time, see you on the trail. 